Blog Talk Radio. It's Tuesday, November the 13th, and yes, you're in bed with me, Dr. Sue. Not to worry, I have a gigantic bed. Because we have an awful lot of people piling in tonight, boy. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight. Um, Very excited to be bringing you some of the kink community's best erotic writers, along with a very special surprise guest coming up a bit later. So I want to get this show rolling. Let's get on with all our regular stuff so that I can introduce you to these fabulous guests. First of all, are you a fetish or erotic writer? Give us a call. Are you a fan of erotic literature? I mean, hello, who isn't? Give us a call. We want to hear from you. The number is 646-478-3644. Call in now. Get in our queue. You can still hear the show while you're on hold waiting. And remember that you're completely anonymous. And that number again is 646-478-3644. You're listening to In Bed with Dr. Sue. And we're live with straight talk on twisted subjects because you're twisted. You love to talk about that. That's why we're here. And we are here every other Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, if you've missed any of the other shows, you can always hop into bed with Dr. Sue anytime. All you have to do is download the podcast on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes. Best thing, really, the DrSueReview.com. Just look for the button that says Dr. Sue on the air. Click it. You're in. It's all taken care of. And while you're visiting the website, make sure you sign up for the Twist List newsletter because if you're twisted and you're not on the list, well, seriously, do you want anybody to know that? Also, download the Android app. That way you are in. You will not miss any of the freaky fun. I think that took long enough. She's probably in the bathroom while we're doing all of this. You don't want those pictures in your head. Actually, maybe you do. Okay. On with the show. (sighs) My family is so demented. That was my sister. So, I have a huge surprise for you guys. Even bigger than our surprise afterwards. Like, there's a whole bag full of surprises today. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to let everyone know that my co-host, Joey, is back. Say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Yay! It is Well, you great. have a lot of people rooting for you, you know. I know, and I thank each and every one of them. It has been a rough two weeks. Uh, I'm sorry I missed the Halloween show. I hear it was like... Fabulous. It was cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Wait. best Kardashian. Sorry. 
It was Cray. It's good to be back. And, and we uh, love you, and we're glad you're back. We missed you ever so. I know I did. And I'm so glad you got back in time for the melee that is tonight's show. So, phew. switchboard looks full. It is full. The, the chat room is going berserk. I haven't, just so you guys know, I don't have a prayer of keeping up with the chat room because you have to understand our chat room gets very racy and very spicy. And if I were to sit there and read, you wouldn't even hear from me. Not that that would be that big of a deal, but you know what I mean. There just wouldn't be anything going on. It would be me reading all this stuff that's going on in there. So hopefully Joe will be able to keep an eye on it. And if you have any questions, if you can shoot it in there in between everyone talking naughty, smutty talk, then definitely do so because we will get your question on the air because no doubt you have some for all these fabulous guests. Um, so glad the storm crap is somewhat over. Yes, you still have to do all kinds of demolding and depooperizing your house, don't you? I do. Ugh, so gross. Nothing it, like having the whole first floor of your house filled with sewage. You know, if that is your fetish. I'm telling you, go to Joe's place. He's happy to just, you know, five bucks, you can go in, you can roll around all over, the, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Five bucks. Five bucks is kind of cheap, though. I say 20. <laughs> we want to get an upside-down refrigerator, so, yeah, do 20. Yeah, that's true. We, we we need to get a new one of those. And the election is over. You were able to just completely do that in the dark, you lucky fart you. I never even got a chance to. It was, it, I, you couldn't even you couldn't even vote. How pathetic is that? I mean, basically, I was cut off from everybody. It, it was it's bizarre to me because I heard some other stuff going on at the same time. How quickly society breaks down when you take away basic needs. They say and it's scary. It was they, three. It was two days in the inner city. One of the doms, actually, it was Gia, was saying she was like waking up to the sound of gunfire. Like, you know, they like, say oh society is just three meals away from collapse. Mm-hmm. And we saw it even out here. There were certain places that the cops had to cordon off to prevent looters from coming down in. Yeah. There's there's stories about people having home invasions in the complete dark. <laughs> and it's just, it's really funny. Like your home hasn't been invaded by the sea, just saying. Right. And these people were not paying $20 to roll around in the poo. You know, and, and that is just wrong on so many levels. I mean, the home invasion, if you're coming into my home, you can at least pay me for that pleasure. Not rip me off. Exactly. That's just rude. God. No one, oh, did you hear? This is my only little piece of news because we really do have a huge show to do. Um, that Elmo, the guy who voices Elmo, was um, is being investigated. I don't know if he's been charged yet. I haven't checked today. With um, having a relationship with a minor. Hmm. So it was obviously, it was a gay relationship, and Elmo was saying that it was after the age of consent, so after 18 in this case, and, you know, that it really didn't happen when the kid was a minor, although he did know the kid when he was a minor. So, uh, you know, it, this is kind of giving a whole new meaning to Tickle Me Elmo, 
You know, like the the jokes are a plenty, and now we have LOL Elmo. Yeah, I'm not going to touch or that. Or we could just, you know, be like Joe and where's our cricket sound effect, which I just uploaded today. We need yeah. that with you. Obviously. Because <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Why? Come on. It writes itself. Elmo's a perv. You know what I have for him? What? There Ooh. you go. Oh, I bet you. Whip me, Elmo. Oh, I love it. It works. It, it does. It really does. <laughs> well, okay, the guy the recanted. Oh, um, Angela just said the guy recanted. Oh, cool. Okay, that's good. So Elmo's in the clear. <gasps> Yay! Elmo's in the clear. Ah, oh, we're glad. Elmo happy. We don't want <laughs> Elmo to be in trouble, so I'm happy about that. So I think it's about time that we do our shout-outs, don't you? I think so. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you see, I gotta. Yes, really... I've been playing while you've been away. By the I way, I see that. While you've been sitting in the dark, I've been having a little fun. <laughs> I, I gotta say that uh, this board looks nothing like how I left it, and uh, <laughs> I sorted it. There's the crickets. There's the crickets. I sorted it. I got it all so that it's faster and easier to find stuff. Come on, I did my girl thing. I organized it. I, I know, but now I can't find it. Typical, right? Exactly. <laughs> See, I go in, I wreck it. You knew where everything was. I didn't. I. This is worse okay, than my. Well, this is worse than my downstairs. I'm sorry. It, no, come on. I organized it. It doesn't smell or look like poo. Okay, that's, that's true. That, that's true. <sighs> Fine. I have to. On deal to with... the shout outs. Yes. Our our lovely queen kitty who apparently fell over just before the show tonight and hurt her shoulder or something. She keeps wrecking her shoulder, so she's lying there with a heating pad right now. Has a shout-out for one of her little minions, one of, the, one of the many in the litter box, because we've decided while you were away that all of her minions are going, it's going to be Tales from the Litter Box. I created that one. Come on, it's a, good, it's a marketing piece. I like it. Tales from the Litter Box. What could be better? Because where would your minions be, right? Hello? Especially, especially okay. if they're cats. Well, no, they would be like mice because she's playing with them, right? Okay. <sighs> Everything's lost on you. Anyways, under Footsie on Twitter, who is one of her minions, she wants a, to give them him a belated happy birthday. His birthday was on November the 1st. She also wants you to know that she's releasing new clips that have already been booted off of clips for sale. So you might want to hit her up because those are similar to what's in Joe's first floor, only not the icky stuff, just the pee stuff. But she got booted off today. They they don't want the pee ones on there. They're they're taking offense to the pee pee stuff. So and that's if you amazing. want those, those are special, and now they're going to cost you way more. So hit up Queen Kitty if you're into pee. And Mistress L has a very special announcement to make that's already been announced that was supposed to be a big thing for the show, but everyone in this community has their gums a-flapping. So, you know, no one can ever keep a secret. Anyways, she wants everyone to know that 
Ray Clothier, who was our yay Ray, our good buddy, our firefighter buddy, had his pet application accepted by her, and now he is her newest pet, and he is going to be known as Chickpea. Aww. Because Footboy Dawn, um, which you were also away for, because that was on the Halloween show, moved to St. Louis to be under Queen Kitty's rule. So he's now head of the litter box, I believe. He is the head litter changer. So, which is kind of cool. Anyways, but it's so cute because his new name is Buttercup. Are you loving this, Joe, or are you just going, why did I come back? I'm just trying to connect the dots here. Well, and she says congratulations to him and welcome aboard. Godspeed. So, I have a shout-out for Vaz in India. We love you, Vaz. And today is Diwali. So happy Diwali to everyone listening from beautiful India. May you all be blessed with prosperity and joy because it's a very big celebration over there, which was today, but actually it's over now because it's tomorrow or something. Um, Yeah, because it was Tuesday, which was yesterday for us. Never mind. Just happy Diwali. Trust me. All I know about this holiday is, like, all of the workers from India come in with sweets. So it's like a great day for, like, you know, Indian confectionery. Yes, apparently it's like Christmas. Like, you're like, there's a lot of shopping going on, and there's a lot of stuff. There's, like, lots of sparklies and stuff. So anything that's sparkly, I'm down with. So happy Diwali. Happy Diwali to you. Thank you. And we have a shout-out to Mistress Magic. Um, we know she's listening in. She's not able to call in, but she's here. She's listening in. If you want to hit up Mistress Magic, you can do so at her website, inherservice.com. Be there or kindly be square. If you have a shout-out, because that's the end of our shout-outs, if you have a shout-out that you want to have put on the, this segment of the show, or even if you have any suggestions about topics you want to hear on the show, you can either tweet me, I'm on Twitter, at Dr. Sue, spell out the word doctor, or email us at inbedwithdrsue at gmail.com. So there. What do you think of that? <laughs> Joey. I'm still here. Okay. I just have to make sure you're breathing. I have to get you paddles or something. Maybe. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Cat is Jennifer here, and I have an amazing deal for all you listeners who like to be in bed with Dr. Sue just as much as I do. All you have to do is head over to kinkycustoms.com, enter the code KINKYDOCTOR on the quote page, and you're going to get 10% off your order. Boys, you can even buy something for the dom of your choice. So head over there, kinkycustoms.com, and let Kinky Customs work out all of your design kinks. This is Queen Kitty of QueenKittyOwnsYou.com. Don't forget, douchebags, tomorrow is Winking Wednesday. Hit me up on Twitter to get your instructions after you've had your dose of the doctor on In Bed with Dr. Sue on Blog Talk Radio. She's just so sultry. You just... See, she's just like a kitten. Kitten mitten. Although Jennifer now calls her Kitty Boo Boo, which I really like. Kitty Boo Boo. Anyways, we are back. We're discussing erotic literature. 
Do you enjoy reading erotic stories? Have you ever read any of the works of our fabulous guests tonight? Call us. Let us know your thoughts at 646-478-3644. And now I'm excited. Yay. I get to introduce our guests for this evening. Each one of these offers, authors, of, authors, I have to learn to speak again, offers a unique view of not just erotica, but of the even more eclectic genre of fetish erotica. My first guest, and this is after reading a lot of their stuff, I want to say, and I'm not overly gushing here, but she is one of the most prolific writers I've ever read. And I do a lot of reading, but this author can weave words like nobody I've seen. She can make mundane. She's, it reminds me of Stephen King in the sense of she can take something mundane and then make it sexual. Well, he could make it scary. She could make it sexual. Very cool. She is the web temptress of zenfetish.com. You may have read her work on sites such as sex-kitten.net and blisteredlips.net. And if you haven't heard of her, you've probably been living under a rock. I am very, very happy to present to all of you Angela St. Lawrence. Hi, Ange. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) She's here. Yay. Yes, I was muting, too, so when I first said hi, there was nothing. But I'm here now. (laughs) Hello, everybody. (laughs) It happens. We're not worried. Now, where are we going? We're going. We have our Angela here now. Next author, you ready? Our next author's writing reminds me of an excited child jumping up and down, wanting you to, you know, look here. It's the enthusiasm he projects in his erotica is contagious. Um, an excerpt from his Amazon profile reads that he is a joyful participant of the fetish scene and lifestyle, and it shows in his writing, it really does. Author of the book Window Shopping, published just this past July, I am honored to introduce to you Mr. Edward Cantor. Ed, are you there? I am indeed. Yay! Hi, Ed. How are you? Very good. Edward sounds very quiet. You guys are all going to be quiet. You'll, you'll, you'll relax in a bit. No worries. <laughs> it's okay. You guys can talk. Oh, we can talk amongst ourselves? You can talk talk amongst yourselves. It's not an issue. But here, we'll, we'll get everybody on board first. Next one, we have a master of femdom literary art. His style is what I would call smooth, crisp, very sexy. He's been a writer and editor for adult magazines and films since 1974. You may know him from his weekly column, Notes of a Rebel Subby on the Femdom website, The Dom Dose, or from his blog, ervoneal.wordpress.com. His first book published for Amazon Kindle is called Learning to be Cruel. I'm very pleased to introduce to you Mr. Irv O'Neill. Hi, Irv. Hello, Sue. Hello, everybody. Yay. Hey. Good to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're very happy that you are here. Well, and we you. have one last person to bring on board, and I am so thrilled 
to introduce to you not just another author, but a dear friend of mine. He's a switch writer, um, some of the most imaginative and sometimes very taboo fetish erotica, author of the book Freedom is Slavery, which I'm proud to say I had a hand at proofing for him, and Life on My Knees. His books give you a taste of how the submissive mind works. He is the curator of the blog pornoperson.blogspot.com, Mr. Lewis Friend. Lewis, are you there? I am. Yay! Good to hear you. We're Glad to be all on the air. here. Yes, it's fabulous. And you're an old hat at this stuff, so that's not a big deal. We just have to get the other guys to chill. Everybody chill. I'm chilling. We're chilling. Good. you got to be In, chilling. Moving into chill mode. Right on. Yeah, you got to be careful, otherwise I'll just dominate the conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be, yes, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Exactly. My... Everyone should be very you know, worried about getting mic time. Too many dominant Indeed. people in the room. What? <laughs> it's all good. So I've left her. I've okay, left my so anyway, behind. thank you all you guys for coming. We are very pleased to have you here. Um, I'm going to start off with Irv. Okay. When did, Yay. First, <laughs> <laughs> when did you first realize you had a passion for writing? Uh, actually, when I was a little kid. So it cool. goes back. How old do you figure? Eight, about eight. I wrote a little a little book about Iwo Jima <laughs> after seeing a movie about it. At so eight years old, Iwo Jima. Eight years, well, a little little booklet, you know what I mean. But that's no, how but it all started. Kind of so deep. Yeah, writing is always something I'd like to do. You know, that's it's really cool. You know, and since Andrew's like, you know, so happy that we went with, that we went with you first, I'm going to say same question for Angela. Mm. Well. When I was in third grade, I was in a Catholic school, and the teacher used to give us little holy cards if we would win these contests. And our contest was to write a story using our spelling words. And I wrote a story that was about a brother and a sister. He had a bulldog. She had a poodle. He called her Poodle the Little Sissy. I'm I'm sure some of the guys here will relate to that. And uh, <laughs> made fun of her. <laughs> and so um, there was this breakout at the circus, and the lions were loose, and it was the little sissy puppy that saved the day. And I stood in front of the class, and the class was applauding, and all of a sudden the nun said, you didn't write that. And I said, but I did, I did, and I'm crying. I hate that bitch to this day. I wrote about her once, and I said, if I ever find her, I'm going to pour her by her habit. <laughs> I wrote it, you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, evil nun story. But I just, I just always love to read. You can never have too many evil nun stories. <laughs> but that's how it all started, and, and I've just always written. I always have. Um Little things, like we had to write a um, thank you letter to a a bank that gave us maps, and they chose mine. You know, it's just all these little things like that. And so I went off and got an English degree and took a job in sales because what do you do with an English degree? But I had to get it because that's what I loved. And then you start talking dirty, and you find a whole new way to write. 
<laughs> that's kind of what happened. Very cool. Yeah. I like it. That's a good one. Do you know that we have a caller here who is Lewis Friends' fan? I have fans. <laughs> you have a fan. Are, are you ready for your fan? Just one fan. <laughs> 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 I don't see it lighting up for everybody else. Hello, you are in bed with Dr. Sue, and all of us went like, holy cow, there's so many people in bed here. Who are we speaking to? Hi, Dr. Sue, this is Francesca. Hi, Francesca, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for so having me. you have Lewis's ear now. Yeah. Just his ear? Oh, is, this, is this Kathy Bates? <laughs> you can have you can have more than my ear if you want, Francesca. I'm not just one fan. You have more than one. They're just a little shy, and I'm not. Um, I wanted to ask you how much of your real life experiences do you put into your writing, and when can we expect a third book out? Oh, jeez. I, I I imagine it's. Maybe fifty-fifty fantasy to real. That was actually one of my questions too. I mean, writers write about what they know, so right. I'm going to assume that you people live some very tawdry lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think somebody once called uh, my first book a uh, was it a fuck diary. So <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not necessarily all true and there are definitely pieces and parts that come from different areas and uh then there's just a lot of fantasy in there too things that i would love to have happen or may might have gotten close to and as far as the third book i don't know i kind of went on uh hiatus for a long time but recently i've started writing again i've had some uh, really good inspiration well hurry so up and hurry. when when do we when can we expect the next book I don't know, 2014, how's that? Oh, now Francesca wants, she wants it this year. <laughs> Come on now, you got a fan, you have to fulfill this now. Well, you know, what I, what I typically do is write for the blog and then collect it there. So kind of get piecemeal as I'm going along and just go over to pornoperson.com and check it out. Francesca, did you you know about his blog, right? We do. I'm almost uh, a cat fan, but not with the sledgehammer and the two by four. <laughs> we can't have everything, can we? No. No, but we can try. The that leaves a lot like of room. Francesca's style. Yeah, <laughs> the two by four is kind of a little bit like a spreader bar, though. I kind of like that. <laughs> Fully adjustable, actually. Very nice. Very sexy. Well, thank you for calling, Francesca. Is there anything else you wanted to ask? Adam Lewis and Dr. Sue, I appreciate it. All of us do. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Francesca. Anything else you want to ask Lewis while you got him right here? He's just your. He's you know in the palm of your hand. Go ahead and squeeze it. Oh, not an not a question. More like um, an offer of assistance. If he needs more experiences to write that book, uh, that third book, then I'm available, and he knows where to find me. Oh, wow. Wow. Woo! Okay, now, does that make me a madam now? This is kind of cool. Wow. I'm hooking everyone up. 
Francesca, are you doing this for free, though? Do you take PayPal? Well, we'll work something out. I'm a good That's right. Nothing in this world is free, people. Use your heads. Absolutely. That's awesome. Aren't, like, aren't you just happy about this, Lewis? I'm, yeah, I'm sitting over here blushing, to be frank. So. Okay, good. That's good. Yeah. You made him blush. I'm pleased with that. <laughs> Thank you, Francesca, for calling in. Dr. Sue. And thanks for listening. Absolutely. So while we are on that subject, Miss Angela, being the only female in the bunch at the moment, mm-hmm. are they all experiences you've gone through? Tell us. No, absolutely not. <laughs> 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 I remember being shocked when I would befriended someone where I do calls from and she sent me some pictures and she had ball gags in her mouth. I'm like, oh my God, you do this stuff for real. And she thought it was hilarious because I'm like, she's like, well, you're known as the kingstress on this place, you know? And I've never had a ball gag in my mouth ever. Um, I am dominant. But you wouldn't. Like, but, you, but that's the thing is people don't yeah. understand. I, and I remember this from having my porn shop. People would come in and they'd be like, oh, well, do you sit here and watch all these movies? Yes. As a matter of fact, I sit here and watch porn <laughs> nonstop for 24 hours a day just so that I can keep up on, you know, what's good for you. Because I've got news for you. They all end the same way. So just yeah. saying. Pick one. Jerk off with it. I don't need to know about it. No, I don't watch this. Or they think that you've used every toy in the store. Again, like you'd have time. Like, holy cow. You'd be happy, but good Lord. Demanding. Uh, You don't don't want to sell used toys either. Well, no, you know, it's frowned upon. I don't know. Some pay more for the used ones. Exactly. There is that. There is that. You know, I knew a photographer once, uh, a British photographer, he shot every model in, in Europe and England, big photographer. But he would get embarrassed to go to a strip show. One time I took him to a club in, in New York, and he said, I can't take this. I don't like this. It's too embarrassing. It's, Interesting. It's like a, there's like a disconnect sometimes. Sometimes you, one thing that you do with a camera is not something that you'd want to do as a spectator. So Exactly. And and it's interesting to me, too, um, we were discussing this the other day, how you want to know who's really innocent and fetish? Do you want to know who's absolutely adorable are porn stars? They are so naive about the fetish world that it's kind of cute. Because they're just like, really? Can you really do that? And it's like, (laughs) you don't expect that coming from a porn star. You're like, oh, aren't you used to all this? But they stay so vanilla. That yeah. they they don't wander over into fetish porn, so they're like, really, you can do really? They just it's so cute. That's same funny. kind of idea. Yeah. I want to I wanted to clarify that I do do kinky stuff, but I keep it very. I never tell people what part's real and what part isn't. Well, because that's, that's the whole point. You don't you don't need a play by play. The mind yeah. is such a better sexual organ than anything that you have in genitalia, anyways. So, you know, the the more you can keep that fantasy running, the better. So, Ed, what sort of satisfaction do you get from writing your erotica? Oh, I get a lot of satisfaction. It's kind of like exercising 
your imagination. And, um, while a lot of it is based on real life, real experiences, a lot of it kind of, especially some of my earlier and more writing stuff, takes it a lot farther, sometimes farther than it's even possible in the vanilla world. So do you think it gives you that chance to stretch? Absolutely. That's really cool. Irv, what about you? You've been doing um, this for quite a while, so yeah. do you even still get any kind of satisfaction from it, or is it just cranking out the same thing? Or No, no, it's not cranking out at all. I mean, I I like to get into a story, and I like to sort of see it happening in front of me as I'm writing it. I'll come up with a basic idea, you know, and I know what's going to happen in the story. But uh, as I'm listening to the characters talking to each other and doing all sorts of crazy stuff, I'm entertained myself. And um, sometimes the best stories are ones where the characters do something I had no, I didn't plan at all. And, um, and it's, uh, it's entertaining and arousing. I mean, it, I get turned on, you know. But, um, Who else definitely... gets turned on? Absolutely. So Ed oh, gets yeah. turned on, Irv. Angela, what about you? Sometimes, sometimes my stories are just, they're really geared to helping someone who can't live their fantasy. Some fantasy should never become real. And the smart one, you have to be able to figure that out. And, I agree you know, with that. I agree with that. There's a lot of people that get very disappointed when they, you know, keep pushing and pushing and pushing towards that fantasy, and then they get it, and they're kind of like, oh. <laughs> that wasn't quite as nice as what I built it up in my head to be. So, And a lot of yes. times you can't create what you can create in your mind. It, you can't, you just, it's too hard to put it all together. I think these so stories are also that. kind of adventure stories. I mean, erotica has a lot in common with, you know, thrillers and things like that where you just see things happening that wouldn't necessarily happen in real life, but you enjoy experiencing you know, in your mind, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you take a person on an exciting adventure, and um, you, you don't have to. It doesn't have to be necessarily real, or have happened in the real world. It doesn't have to say this is based on a true story. It's just based on an exciting idea, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you go, you know, you go on the journey, the ride, or whatever. Lewis, where do you get your inspiration? Um. You know, I, I agree. A lot of it, uh, it just kind of comes from someplace I don't know. It's almost like therapy sometimes. Um, you know, you start writing and you, I just, I don't know about you guys, but I just kind of uh, put myself in a place where I just let go and see what comes out. Uh, there are times where I will write something and, yeah, be very surprised as far as, oh, I didn't know things were going to go there, and I didn't know I was interested in that. And then sometimes there are times where I just, sometimes I'll give myself a challenge and say I want to write a story with this as an element and go for that. And uh, it might not even be something I'm interested in, but I just kind of want to explore that, um, what it might be like. So I can explore some of some fetishes that I might not, not want to explore in real life, um, via story and almost feel satisfied or say, yeah, I'm glad I've never done that. That's Anybody true. else? I think that's I think that's true that you can try something in your imagination or through a story and 
see how you feel about it. I think that's a really uh, a good thing to do every once in a while. And it's good. It's a literary exercise in it on itself, just to see to stretch your your uh, your prose muscles or whatever you want to call it. Would you guys all agree that that writing is a form of therapy for you? No, not for, not you? for me. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't say therapy. More of exploration. It's just a need. It's just I'm happiest when I'm I'm in the mood to write. I'm not always in the mood to write, but that is when I'm happiest. Is when I'm writing. I don't I think. No, I'm sorry. I thought you. No, go ahead. No, I wouldn't say that. uh, I would use it as therapy necessarily, but I think it's a form of introspection about, you know, issues in my own life. So, it's good to examine them through fictional situations, but uh, to use it as a therapy thing, like you go into for a session, is I don't think it's necessarily good. But that's for the diary or for a journal. Well, I have an excerpt here. I want to know if if one of you is going to own up to it. Because I thought some people might want to hear how you guys craft some of your words. So I'm going to read this, and let's see who raises their hand. Her voice is cruel and unforgiving as she looks at you with cold, icy blue eyes. First straight into your face and then down to your naked, twitching cock. She smirks. And you know you're beaten, that she has you, that she knows you for the warped and twisted degenerate that you are. Your bravado is gone, your words caught dry and useless in your throat. I think my twin wrote that. That would be I wish I wrote that. Beautiful. I wish I wrote that. It's beautiful, Angela. I liked it. And you know what? I don't know if anyone's read your um, your piece on spam, spam a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a long piece, but it's it's a long piece, but it is so incredibly well crafted. You guys have to go there and read it. Yeah, that was a good good solution. Spam, yeah, and create it (laughs) into this whole alien thing was absolutely fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, it was a good idea. Loves it. Yeah, I don't always write dirty. I really don't. I do ghostwriting for for blogs. You would know, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I also there's also a book at uh, Amazon that I'm in as one of the essayists called uh, Sex Kitten Presents the BDSM Issue. I don't even know if it's still available there or not, but it was. Well, I don't know. You got to head over there. And remember, everybody, Christmas is coming, and all these books are for sale. All these authors. Yes, buy them for, for your children. Get over. That's right. <laughs> Read them as bedtime stories. Probably not to your three-year-old, but whatever. You know, I don't know. You want to go down that road? I don't think it's a good idea. Ironic is a good thing. Is a good thing for the holidays. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The gift so, that keeps on giving. We're going to take a quick break. And we are going to listen to the absolutely beautiful and incredibly sexy voice of Miss T. Austin Reed. And the name of this tune is Time to Get Wet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I guess no one heard me before. <laughs> I was what? muted, apparently. Anyways, that's okay. We have James. James has a question for all of the writers. Hello, James. Hello. Um, Carry I, on, James. What would you like to say? I would like to say this. I would like to uh, um, say that I'm enjoying the show. And I uh-huh. apologize to the gentlemen because I don't know their work. I know Angela's work, and I appreciate it very much. I like Angela's work. I am a writer as well. I write uh, uh, short fiction and I write poetry. I don't write 
about fetishistic stuff. And here's what I'm wondering, and I'm sorry if I'm I'm kind of like beating around the bush. Um, I find writing extremely difficult to do. I find it a task that I have to force myself to sit down and do over and over and over again. And I wonder, to the four of you, when you write about something so sexually gratifying, how do you write? How do you not just walk away and go have sex? I mean, if I had thought... If if I get mixed up in those thoughts, I I just don't know how I would write, and I'm just curious about how, your the process. Well, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice surprise. Um, I will say that I would bet the three gentlemen that are saying this in a very respectful way probably do stop the beat off occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, do tell us. But don't you? Don't you, Angela? No, I keep it for when I go to bed or I take a break in the afternoon. Uh, really? And I have so much of this stuff coming from so many places, I can mm. just put it right in my brain and go crazy. Mm. And, and I think what women I, can do that a lot easier than men can yeah. do. You guys, yes. find it, you guys beat off a lot? I find I have a very... I don't. I have a very strict. Actually, one at a time. So let's go. Um, let's go to Irv first. I don't beat off when I'm writing. Generally, I mean, every once in a while I will, but generally, if I'm writing, I'm writing. I just want to get the so story. Do you find done. it difficult to write, though? Do you find it that is something you need to do and sit down and make yourself do? No, I mean, I I do it as it's my job. You know, I look at it as my trade. So, but, but here's my question. I'm sorry to interrupt. When when you write about something that's so centrally sexual, how do you, do you find it difficult to concentrate on writing and not concentrate on the sex? No, no, I can concentrate on the writing because the the writing is like it's like an experience. I'm seeing the story happening in front of me, like I'm watching a movie. I get that. Yeah. So Lewis, what about you? Yeah, I, I know it's going to be a surprise, but no, I, I actually don't. Um, I've really, I, I've never beat off to my own stuff. I'll beat off to other people's writing, <laughs> but, but not my own. I, I guess it's generally, I'll be excited while I'm writing it, but I never I, I can, uh, you know, masturbate to my own stuff. And do you? So do you just look at it again as a job? You get in there, you get it done. That's it. Yeah, that's a lot. Like I was saying earlier, as far as the, you know, it's kind of this autonomic process where I go in and it just, a lot of times, if it's going well, it will flow. And other times I have to work at it. And I'm sure it's the same for the other guys and for Angela, where you, sometimes it comes easy and sometimes you are struggling for the next word. And I'm generally spending more time concentrating on that or enjoying the good flow days than I am, you know, being, uh, you know, making it into, uh, it's an erotic process, sure, but I, it's not a self-erotic process for me. So, Ed, what about so, you? So you can, I'm, I'm sorry to interject, so, so you can actually sit and write and create this completely wonderful erotic experience 
and that's writing. And you don't have to like leave the room and say, God, look what I just wrote. That scenario, I got now. I have to go like be part of it. Mm, I don't know how wonderful the writing is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't put ourselves down here. <laughs> I know for my for myself when I'm writing, if I'm not turned on, I know that I'm not doing it right. See, there you have it. Um, one. But at the same time, if I do stop and kind of give myself that kind of gratification, a lot of times the inspiration and the passion and the kind of energy of it will fade. Mm-hmm. So I have to, like, you know, there is no... So you're no, using it almost as the carrot and the stick. It's it's like that passion that you don't want to gratify it because that's what's pushing you in the story. Yeah, if there's an idea in my head that I'm working out through a story, then um, that doesn't, you know, there's no release until that story is finished. I understand that. Otherwise, the story, the passion can, can just be go, exactly. can be gone. Exactly. And then I would, <laughs> although that that being said, there's a reason why I've developed that rule is because I have a lot of unfinished stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, we one thing I want to clarify: a new this, chastity is, device. Oh, this is over again. I don't beat off to my own stories. If I get sexually worked up, sometimes it gets distracting, so I'll go off and think about something else. And then when I calm down, then I come back to the story. I don't. I don't think I've ever like whacked off to anything I've written. So th- that's interesting question, but uh, I don't know. There's like a disconnect between. Though so I will say, it's very gratifying when somebody else, when you know that somebody else has masturbated to your work, then there's definitely satisfaction there, especially if it's a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you, James, very much for calling in your question. And we have a whole bunch of people who are waiting online that want to talk to everybody. And I also still have to introduce our special guest. But thank you so much for calling in, James. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, James. Bye. Bye, James. Good questions. Okay, we have a caller on the line, Lynn, who is a friend of Angela's. Lynn. Hi, oh, Lynn. Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hello. Hi. I told you I'd call. I forgot. <laughs> um, Lynn and I go back quite a ways in writing and phone sex. And so, I mean, Angela and I do. Um, my question is mainly for the men because I already know Angela and I have talked about this. But some of the stories we write are custom tailored to individual clients who are paying. And some of this work in phone sex, the custom stories are woven with another person in real time. I was just wondering if any of the male authors have ever done custom stories or collaborated live like that, whether it was phone sex or just with someone else for fun. Okay, let's start off with Lewis. Uh, Yeah, actually both. Um, I've had people suggest stories to me. I've never actually been paid for um, writing a story, at least up front, Um, but I've had people kind of give me challenges, you know, I'd like to have a story about this, or, you know, have you ever thought about continuing this one, and maybe it could go here, so I've taken some of those challenges, and then, yeah, I've actually, 
there's at least one story that I can think of in particular where I kind of wove it with somebody else, and it was a very gratifying experience. We both were kind of throwing things in, and uh, it ended up being, you know, it, it took a lot of risks uh, and went some places where I wasn't expecting it to, but it was great. It was very gratifying to see how it how it went. Ed, what about you? Uh, I've never been paid to write a story as a commission, but I have written custom things for people who have requested it. Uh, I've written custom things for uh, dominant women who have commanded it. And I have done some interactive story writing, although it's very difficult to kind of land on a good collaborative partner. But I've had some success with that. And that's very rewarding because it it injects an element of surprise into the story where you don't know where the other half of the story is going to go. It's almost more like improv. Herb? No, I've just uh, written pretty much on my own. Um, it's in terms of doing things custom, uh, the closest extent to that would be writing a story for, you know, along a particular theme that an editor might have given me. Um, a subject, but um, I pretty much, you know, just I've done written things on assignment or come up with the ideas myself, but I've never done anything like custom type of monologues and stuff like that. But um, that's basically it. Cool. Any, any more questions for these guys? Well, I would want to say I don't know how comfortable you are with this, Lynn. But if you want to tell them your website, I don't think it would be a big deal. Well, I don't know if you want to or not. Uh, well, my website is mainly for those interested in phone sex. I don't think the gentlemen are interested okay. <laughs> in becoming phone sex operators. But um, I, I do have a follow-up for you, Angela. Okay. Um, since you came from a writing background, you and I have talked a bit about this, but it might be interesting for the others to hear um, how you struggled with your obsessive need for proper grammar with doing <laughs> live, you know, weaving the stories and collaboratively in phone sex, what what major differences there were and where you struggled personally with that. I don't, know what you're, I don't know what you're asking me. Somebody else does. They chuckled. <laughs> well, I know that you're a stickler for grammar. We've had conversations about that where you talk about the difference in the quality and, and what you would consider a, a story that would pass oh, your yeah. criteria <laughs> for it, when it's written versus what you have to do when it's collaborative like that and live, and if you could talk about the differences in, in that for yourself. Well, the only thing is... And I, you know, when I'm one on one, and mostly when I've done any type of collaboration, we've been like in um, instant message or something like that, and it just is really part of the phone sex experience. And I'm typing a mile a minute, and it doesn't come out perfect. And I always tell them, now you're going to know my secrets. I don't capitalize words I should when I'm intimate with somebody, you know, because it's different. It's totally different at that point. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I mean I'm lazy. You know that's why you you see me all the time, even on Twitter. Dot dot dot. You know, so I don't have to put everything else in. <laughs> you know, 
I'm pretty lazy about it. I just I just like people to spell their words correctly. Not that I do all the time. I was going through this stuff for this, and I found all kinds of mistakes that I had missed the first time around. But at least make an effort. Make an effort, you know, to capitalize and. Pet peeve. Actually, Lewis is that way. I'm that way. Is anybody else like that? You just grammar. You just want to smack people. Well, this is Irv. I don't want to smack anybody, but I like to read something that's well written because if it isn't well written, then the little buzzer goes off in my head, and I'm saying, why the hell couldn't they spell that properly, or why didn't they use a comma there? But I've written, I've read things that were very poorly written, but were so full of passion and heat that I was able mm-hmm. to forgive it and say, okay, this was just like so hot that I can deal with this. But those those are really more exceptions to the rule. Yeah, bad grammar or just bad writing can take you right out of any story, no matter how good the kind of basic idea is. Yeah, exactly. So then, any other questions? No, thank you. I'll let the next caller through. Thank hey, you thanks. very much for calling in, thanks. Lynn. And we're going to be back right after this. Be sure to hit up the Intune Show live this Thursday, right here on Blog Talk Radio at 10 p.m. Eastern. Dr. Sue is going to answer all your questions on sex, on love, on relationships, on dating. It's really, it's about life. If you're having issues with any part of your life, the doc will do her best to get you back on track. That's this Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on the Intune Show with Ms. P. And we're back. We're discussing erotic literature. Do you enjoy reading erotic stories? Have you ever read the works of our fabulous guest tonight? Call us and let us know your thoughts, 646-478-3644. And now I have the distinct honor of having with us tonight a very special guest. She is the co-founder and former editorial director of RavenousRomance.com, founder of the L. Perkins Agency, a first full-service New York City literary agency. You can hit her up at lperkinsagency.com. She is launching her own publishing company called RiverdaleAvenueBooks.com. She is the author of such erotica novels as Once Upon a Threesome, I Saw Daddy Kissing Santa Claus, and (laughs) Hungry for Your Love, an anthology of zombie romance. And on November the 20th, she is releasing a book called Fifty Writers on Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's Fifty Writers from Romance and Erotic Authors, Real World BDSM Practitioners, Adult Entertainment Industry Professionals, all keeping up the conversation. I am very pleased to introduce to everybody Miss Lori Perkins. Hi, Lori. Hi. Hi, Miss Lori. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, wonderful discussion. It's so interesting to hear writers talk about their work. I love it. Especially Thank you so much for being here. I'm such a, it was just such a quick last-minute thing, Lori, and the fact that you've been holding this long, I, I bless you. <laughs> Thank you. No, it's, so as as tell said, us about the book that's coming out. Um, Fifty Writers of Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, every time I went anywhere from the supermarket to uh, PDSM meetings, people were talking about this book. So I said, well, let's have this uh, sort of water cooler conversation out in public and have everybody talk, not just the moms in the park or the, you know, 
fetish writers or the romance writers have each of them give their point of view and sort of cross post it and see what comes of that. And it's a, I have to say, as the editor, it was a fascinating book. It was really amazing. And Fifty Shades of Grey is a game changer in American contemporary literature. So I think we're going Much to Much as a lot of people don't want to say that, I agree with Lori. I think the fact that she has opened this door, you know, is it a, a true representation of BDSM? Not really. No, it doesn't not at matter. All. She's got people talking, and that's the important thing. And it, for, for those who want a true representation of BDSM, write it. Send it to me. Exactly. I'll publish it. <laughs> so stop complaining and just write. You know, there was no market for that a year ago. (laughs) Now, there are 20 publishers who want to see it, and that's all thanks to E.L. James. Exactly. What do you guys think about the books? Um, Let's start with Angela. I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) Um, I didn't read it. I was thinking about it. I read the reviews, and I wasn't impressed, and I'm sure you read the bad reviews at Amazon if you were paying attention, so I just didn't really want to read it. Sorry. Did anybody else read it? No, it doesn't matter. Did anybody else read it? I did. (laughs) (laughs) I did, too. I read them all. Um, Nobody else out of our writers read it? Well, what did you you think? I I looked at it in the store, and I said, I'm not going to get into this, but what did you think of it? Oh, what did I think of it? I thought, for the most part, uh, as far as I know, Lori, can you tell me, this was her first book, too, was it not? Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, I'm sorry, for a first book coming out of the gate, um, do I think it could have been condensed into one book? Yes. I think there was a lot of repetitiveness. But for a first book, and the fact that she has cracked into um, a genre... That is, if you think about it, it, everything we do in fetish is taboo and the vanilla world freaks out. I've actually saw a report today stating that there are going to be, um, since the book came out, there is now a baby boom. <laughs> due to the book, by the way. But what is it so, about this which particular I thought was book? really interesting. What so is it about it's, these it's, particular books that made them any, I mean, from what I read about it, it sounded like it wasn't anything particularly new. So why it did this wasn't. particular book hit? It was the hit? fact that she has taken a taboo subject, vanillified it, because she did tone it down, mm-hmm. and turned it into a love story. Yeah, it got nauseating after a while. I'm not going to say it's, it didn't, because like I said, you could have taken those three books, condensed them down into one book, no problem. But from a marketing standpoint... Spreading that story out over three books was brilliant. So hail to the marketers on that one. I thought it was really well done. But overall, all she did was she took that subject, vanillified it, made it easier for people to swallow, and got people talking about it. And I don't think that's negative. Well, what she also did was she took very, very commercial tropes. This is erotic romance. Erotic romance follows a formula, and erotic romance has been booming for the last 10 years. So she took something that was extremely um, well-received to a large reading public, 
had been tried and tested and put the story on that skeleton. Many of the women who read her books had not read romance in 20 years. And when they read this, they were turned on by it. Now, that's not to say that there weren't many, many other books that they could have been turned on by, but this got so much buzz that this drew women who had not picked up a book in 10, 15 years. And they were hungry for this. I mean, for example, I don't think a book about a reverse situation where a man was enslaved by a woman would have the same kind of appeal to a broad audience. That needs to be done. 100%. That needs to be done. I agree with that 100%. I I think it has something to do with the. Please. 80% of the people who buy books in America today are women. So, yes, it could be done. That male character has to be sweepingly lovable to all the women who, who read it. It can't be from his point of view. It can't be a male dom talking about how fabulous he is and what he wants to do to the woman and how he sees her. He must seduce the reader. And if it's a submissive point of view, that submissive male must make every woman who reads the book fall in love with him. And that is a real skill. And that is why that book has not been written yet, because that's not wank fodder. It's not. Yep. Yeah, I guess just that it started off as Twilight fanfic kind of put a bad taste in my mouth to begin with. It went with through since... many, many rewrites. And and many books started out as Star Trek fanfic or, you know, Castle fanfic or Harry Potter fanfic. And in the course of rewriting and rewriting and changing, the things that made it Harry Potter or Star Trek were disappeared and the author's real voice and characters came through. And that's what happened here. It's, I know, I'm it's, just saying it's a, that Twilight it has such a strong mark that it, it was it just even hearing that there was association just left such a bad taste in my mouth. But I will say that I think one thing that definitely helped out with this whole Fifty Shades phenomenon is the uh, the Kindle and e-readers and not carrying around books anymore that have uh, you know covers that people can see. You can sit next to someone on the train and be reading the most lewd material around and hey, nobody's going to know it. You know, it's not like you've got a, a picture of a girl tied up, you know, on a magazine. You're reading it uh, kind right. of Right, well, because those books, those books were geared towards men and there has been a real you know, title shift from who is reading erotica. Women are reading erotica. They are the audience, and they don't want to see semi-naked women on the covers. They actually want to see semi-naked men. Or if that is going to make people uncomfortable, then you use sort of euphemisms like a string of pearls or a mask or a flogger or Or a a feather duster or a tie, and everybody knows what it means. But the old covers from, you know, the 50s and 60s, that that triggered, hey, this is an erotic novel, those are gone. Fabio, his day is over. Well, Fabio is, is you know, his, you, you will still see the, the, the billowy hair the and, the, and the poet yes. shirt. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that would not have worked for this series. No, Even it wouldn't. if you it had, um, you know, Christian Gray's beautiful body show no, it doesn't underneath work. A, a suit with a tie wrapped around it. This this was no. more, more subtle, and it really made it 
possible for people not only to read the books on Kindle, but to read the books on the subway as books and not have anybody who didn't know what they were know what they were. You know, I have a exactly. question for my fellow writers. Is if they consider what they write erotica, porn, or something else? Angela, go ahead. Well, I have been uncomfortable since you started announcing us because you kept saying writers of erotic literature. You kept putting the literature in there. Um, I think I'm a good writer, but I think I write a lot of smut, and I have my reasons. And so I don't know. You know, some of it I think is beautiful, but most of the there's a beautiful poem I don't think I sent you. I write poetry. I actually prefer poetry. Um, I love you with all my heart on great title, huh? <laughs> but but it's kind of it's a kind of sort of sonnet, you know. And then I I write other things that have nothing absolutely to do with sex whatsoever. And uh, so why not? I, I, this is actually a question too. Why don't you guys go mainstream? This is what I want to write. This is the stuff that inspires me. This is what you're comfortable yeah. writing. Yeah. This is what well, I want to write. Yeah, I could be comfortable writing something else, but for me to sit down, especially since, you know, I don't do this for a living, I don't do this for a job, I certainly don't make, you know, more than change off of it, so it has to be inspiring, it has to be pleasurable, it has to be thrilling for me to do it. Irv, well, what about you? Pro- well, well, for a long time I did make a pretty good living writing stories. Um, and the market has basically evaporated because of the Internet, where people write for free, and magazines have declined. So, But um, in terms of uh, erotica versus porn versus smut, to me the terms are just interchangeable. I mean, I write stories that are about sex and sexuality and and uh, what, if they turn people on, which is they're designed to turn people on, but they're also designed to entertain them, make them laugh, and make them feel things, emotions. So whatever labels are put on them, I've sort of grown immune to that. I just say whatever you want to call it is fine. They're sex stories, and just take it from there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think literature is just another genre. That, that's how I look at things. So... It's erotic content. Literature is genre, too, where you play with words. Um, you can play with words in erotic storytelling, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. All fiction needs to tell a good story. And, and, and I have to just, now is the best time to be a writer of erotic content. Um, I've been mm-hmm. a, an agent for two decades. People would come to me and say, I want to quit my job. And I would say, you never know if your next book will sell. Now, as an e-published author, if you're a good author and you can craft a story, you can put in 40 hours a week and write six books a year and make $100,000 a year. That didn't happen years ago. So it, it, it's just a different way of writing. You know, it's, there are no advances. But you're a Florida, partner. Do you think you're, you're, exactly not there's certain kinds Lewis of books that saying, you have to do write. You think that, sorry, do you think that the Internet has diluted publishing? Um, I think it's challenging publishing. I think publishing is changing. I think publishing was a uh, pretentious, self-involved business, and now it's gone from 
um, a small group of people's hands to the readers. I think there's a revolution going on, and I think that revolution is actually being um, moved forward by women, which I think is amazing, and I'm really proud to be a part of it. And it's women's sexuality that's pushing it. I mean, the most money is in erotic content for women, by women. I guess we're I think that, and to me, I think this is fabulous. I think it's a wonderful thing. Oh, I we have a great. caller, Mistress Amy, comment for the writers. Um, Mistress Amy, you are on the air. You are in bed with Dr. Sue and all of the rest of us. Amy, are you there? Do you mean Jamie? Oh, he wrote down Amy. My bad. Jamie! <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's either Hello, male. Everyone. You can't get upset about that. Uh, never. <laughs> um, first of all, I like to see naked, semi-naked women on the covers of books. <laughs> I just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> um, I would like to, I do, first of all, want to thank all the writers for what they do. I know it can be difficult and challenging at times to work on a subject that is so taboo. And I appreciate anyone who puts themselves out there like that. But the reason I'm calling is that I'm an avid fan of Lewis's. And, uh, Lewis, I could not pass up this opportunity to tell you how much I enjoy your work and to thank you for the hours and hours of titillating entertainment you've provided. I love what you do. Wow. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, Jeez. thank you. <laughs> also, Angela, I would love to know Lynn's website. Andrew, are you here? Did we lose Angela, Joe? Oh. Did we lose Angela? Joe? Sounds like we did. Sounds like we lost Joe. Oh, she says in the chat room that she got... Oh, she got disconnected. Okay, she'll call back in. She's just saying she got disconnected. How rude. It's not unusual with this bloody system, though. I blog talk. You just want to shoot it sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it is. It's horrible. I, like, hello, anyone out there with any technical skills, please create another blog talk that's better. It would be so anyway, much that's, better. Um, that's pretty so much all on the line. She'll be, she'll be back in. Oh. Lewis, hello, yes, another fan. I know. What is up with this? Where have you all been hiding? See, you think that no one – see, this is the thing. Lewis doesn't think – that what he does is significant. He's He's got this thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, I just throw stuff down on paper. Now do you see that you are touching people and, and not in a groping way? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Wait, oh, we yeah, have Angie I, back. Hold on, i got to get Angie here. Oh, yay. Angela. Can you hear me? Yay. Okay. Okay, so um, Jamie here has a question for you. Yes. Yes, I was saying um, that I am very interested in Lynn's website. Oh, can you get people? Yes, it's. Um, I have to look it up myself, but I can do it quickly. Uh, Some sex secrets. She. Uh, let me see if I type it in; it'll come up. Of course not, because it's. I think it's phonesexsecrets.com. I don't have it bookmarked. Okay. But, That's um, close enough. I'm sure I can I can figure it out. I, I think it's really informative. 
I think it's phone sex secrets dot info probably. Okay. Well, thank you so much. That's what it is. You'll find it there. Thank you. Uh So, Louis, do you have anything to say to Jamie? Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm curious (laughs) what, um, I don't know, I don't want to be too egotistical or else I'd ask you um, what type of of stories you prefer. Because I try to go um, all over the map. You do, and that's the interesting thing is that I I happen to be more interested in submissive female stories. However, and you don't actually have as many of those, but the thing is that with your writing, I find myself pulled in even if it's a subject matter that I wouldn't normally turn to. So follow-up questions. Have you read Fifty Shades of Grey, and what did you think of it if you have? I have not. Oh. I haven't yet either. Very curious. Oh. <laughs> well, I am now. Well, you um, honestly, you guys should read the Fifty Writers of Fifty Shades of Grey. And if you're in New York City, where I think ten of the writers, well, twelve of the writers are going to be at at Paddles, the BDSM club, on Friday from like seven thirty till ten, and there's going to be a demo as well. So, it's a real good introduction to. Um, the the topic that way. Yeah, unfortunately, I wrote forty six shades of gray. I was just four short, or else I'd just I, I'd have clenched it. Oh, boo! You know, it's always the person that just four. gets there. It's like six up instead of seven up. You know? Oh yeah, mm. exactly. Formula four oh eight. Jamie, it was a pleasure hearing your voice. Aw, thank you. Well, it was actually, it was nice to hear your voice, too. And, uh, and the rest of you guys, I'll check out I'll check out your work now. So, thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Thank you for you calling, too. Jamie. Thank you. Bye. So, yeah, I, I, will, I will even go so far as to admit that I even read all of the Twilight series. And I will tell you point blank that from a literary standpoint, I thought she did very well. Do I think that, you know, it was perfect for the genre that it was in. It was perfect for the tweens. And I thought it was very well written. So whether you guys think it's cheese or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you got to look at what's out there. You got to, you know, even even though you hear bad reviews about something, I hear bad reviews about something, I want to read it because usually it's, Something probably good. <laughs> if you want to get, same things don't generally get successful unless they have some kind of skill in communicating their story. I mean, nobody, no, nothing works on such a large level unless it has something going for it. Exactly, and even though you may not enjoy that particular, you know, you might not be into the whole vampire thing. Doesn't matter. Again, it was a beautifully written story. Very interesting on how she did it. Do I think the movies give it justice? Good God, no. Same as I can't even imagine what they're going to do with Fifty Shades. It's going to be a mess. It, it is. It's just going to be a train wreck. So it's it's never the same as the book. You guys know that. As writers, you know that the first thing you'll say is, can you put it into a movie? Can you? No. It's never as good as that written word. 
So you really should, even though you you hear negative stuff about it, read it, and you'll see. For a first book, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> I got to hand it to her. I thought it was great. The movie will probably put humor into it, like they did with what was it, Exit to Eden? Was that it? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I hope yeah. they don't go because that was campy, yeah. though. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm hoping they don't do. It's very hard to make movies about BDSM. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible. But Fifty Shades of Grey is not about BDSM. It's not. It's, it's an erotic about a love romance yeah. that has a BDSM element to it, and it's sort of BDSM light. So mm. I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. Yeah. You think so? I don't know. I, well, I don't think they will. I hope not. Did, do we know, did EL get to do the screenplay? Probably not. No, but she's consulting, so she's... Oh, so okay. So she at least she's, has a little she's bit of in their face. In mm-hmm. That's good. In your face is always good. Now, Al Perkins, are you saying there's a book? I'm, I'm, there's so much being said here. There, you do have a book that's being published or is published where these authors react yes. to Fifty Shades? When yes, will that be out? There's a book coming out on the 20th of November okay. called Fifty Writers on Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, I'll buy that first. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I really will. No, that I'll be curious. Well, definitely, and it's available on Amazon. You can pre-order it. I, I think it's already shipping, and I think the Kindle uh, button's already up. So, um, and we're almost there. We're we're seven days away. I have a question for Joe. Yes, Doctor Sue. Do we have someone waiting, or is that Kitty? Um, no, that number was uh, already dropped a few times. Kitty is uh, in the chat room now, I believe. Yes, she is. So, do we have a caller? Let's uh, find out, shall we? I'm clicking it now. And is it going to go through? It's getting stuck. Nope. Oh, hello. hello. You are in bed with Dr. Sue. Are you there? Well, I hope it's me. Um, Dr. Sue, this is Francesca again. I'm at work, so I'm popping on. Oh, Francesca, hi. Hi. I heard you were talking about E.L. James, and I've read all three books. I've also read all the Twilight books, so I'm going to not argue with you as a courtesy to the host, because I thought they were (laughs) shit. No, argue. (laughs) Be my guest. Argue. (laughs) But not sparkly ones. Um, I wanted to talk about, um... I didn't want to do a spoiler thing for the authors and the other listeners that haven't read the books, but what for the people that have um, read them or you, yourself, um, I had a problem with the problem that E.L. gave Christian um, as to why he got into, supposedly got into BDSM. I agree. Can we do that or do you not I want agree. to do a spoiler? I agree because, well, you know what? Spoiler alert then. You don't want to know, click ahead, because... Yeah, if you don't want to know... It, I think it's a negative connotation. I agree. They have it coming from a very negative source. Um, they have it coming from a damaged background. And I would agree in the in the respect of why does that have to... Why does the damaged background have to preclude this man's wanting to be a dog? Because that is a formula for erotic romance. He is always a damaged or broken hero that only the magical uh, girlfriend can fix. So it's not so Ah, much BDSM as a romance trope. 
Exactly. I comp- I was listening to everything that you were saying. I just got in on the end of the discussion about the books and uh, about what your your opinions were. I actually found my Christian, and it's, it was very weird because I was in the be- beginnings of the discovery of that relationship and figured out that the person that I'm with now is, is kind of a Christian but not so ridiculously damaged, like you said, mm-hmm. that Christian is in the book. Um, but but the trope, the romance so trope, that's, is, a, that's a formula thing, right, yes. Lori? Boy meets okay, girl, yeah. they fall in love, there's some insurmountable obstacle, and then right. somehow they find a way to make it work, and they live happily ever after. So and is I this think, still considered formula writing then? Um, I think, well, you know, like horror has a formula, fantasy is a journey. I mean, there's there's a pattern. This is the pattern. Right. This is romance. This is erotic romance. I think that if it wasn't erotic romance, like you were mentioning, that that Christian wouldn't have this catastrophic... Right. If it was erotic so in his past, as opposed that, to erotic romance... That, right. that trope would not have been so – it wouldn't have been there or it wouldn't have been so integral to the plot. Right, exactly. And you had mentioned that 80% of eighty uh, percent of the people that buy books are women, and mm-hmm. I think that I don't – I'm not a researcher. Um, I don't claim to know all, everything about the industry. I think that there are more men out there that are reading books – um, of this nature, whether you want to call them erotic literature or if you want to call them um, smut. And, Angela, I would love to know why you write, you say it's what you write is smut and why you hit, what the reasons are, if you'd like to share, of why you I'll be very write. honest and frank. I've, I've always found this confusing. So I do phone sex, okay? Obviously, we've said that a few times. But... I went on quite a journey. I was 18 years old in a Jesuit Catholic college when I started Sunsex. That's how I paid for school. And I also was kind of broken when I got there. So I went through this whole learning experience and hearing these things. I mean, the first time a guy told me he had panties on, I about had a heart attack. I mean, it just went on, and there's so much more to it. But then I started thinking, when I masturbate, I surely don't think of pretty things. It's very, very dirty and... I started getting it. And so I'm always amazed that women want all the romance and everything. So I never fantasize about romance. I can get romance. What they want is to be swept off their feet by a man who is absolutely fabulous that only wants them. That. And, and he could be a vampire, he could be a werewolf, it could be two werewolves, it can be a billionaire, but it's usually not going to be, you know, the the five-foot skinny guy down the block. That's not what they're looking for. In, in these books, because it's somewhere between, it's erotic smut, that's what they're, but it has to take them away. It is their escape fantasy. And you, but you're right, it's for women. It's it for, is women. for women. See, I don't have that fantasy. So I That's don't, okay. But that's but, just, I mean, actually, as the editor of erotic literature, it took me a really, really, really long time to give in to what are the happy ending or the happy for now ending. Mm-hmm. Because in real life, we do not have those endings. And that is why they want this fantasy so badly. 
Oh, yeah, I'm telling you. I have friends. I have a sister. I have a sister-in-law. They read all this. They watch the Twilights. They love vampires. You know what? I like drama. I like, we're just so far apart. I did find books where we can kind of meet in the middle because I love reading so much. The Jody Pico books. We read those Mm -hmm. so we can discuss them. But that's the only where we found somewhere in the middle, kind of. But they can sit there and talk about books. Danielle Steele, all these people. I have never read one of them. I've never desired. When I was a teenager, when I was 12 and 13, I would read those things. But I, then I read Gone with the Wind, and I never looked back. Gone you with know, the Wind so. is not a romance because it has an unhappy ending. And if yeah. you ask the romance community, they will tell you it is a women's fiction. It is not romance. And I would, it just I would feels agree like we're that. getting so caught up on labels yeah. and genre and... I don't know. I, I've had myself raked over the coals for writing porn and not erotica, so I chafe under the term erotica. Yeah, well, Why do you ch- I mean, people say to you, if you say that you write erotica, people take issue with that and negatively? People, people take issue with everything. I mean, when I got into this business, exactly. I, started, I was a feminist pornographer and that I was right, bringing smut. I was bringing orgasms to women in middle America every day. And the erotic romance people got very angry at me, but that's what I do. Well, and the word porn has always been it. really has been really loaded. I mean, I've been in the business for almost forty years, and if you told people that you wrote work, wrote porn, worked in porn, they looked at you like you had three heads and that you were, you know, a murderer. Right, and so then they get online I've to the point where I just say, to sign the book, <laughs> you know, it's 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 a changing uh, it is a changing world. It really is. Right, so that's why I say. What, what do I write? I write porn. You can call it erotica. You can call it smut. You can call it whatever. It doesn't matter to me because you can't convince people if they haven't made up their minds anyway. Mm-hmm. But they know when they're they're googling it what they want, you know. And it's so so it's porn mm-hmm. and smut and erotica and erotic literature, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, do you have any idea what women Google? Vampire threesomes. I mean, you probably don't know this, but one of the best-selling categories of erotic romance is gay romance. Yeah, I Two do men. happen to know that. I happen to know, but it's that's nice. I mean, what can I say? That's nice. It's not what I write, so I have no interest. It's huge. In it. I know. So I know. I have a friend. Of my friend of mine, his wife likes to read read that stuff. Excuse me, Francesca. Do you have any other questions? Um. I don't have a question, I just have another comment. And yeah, okay. it sounds like I'm stalking Lewis. But see, you don't have just one fan. <laughs> and I don't know who that was, so it wasn't like I planted it. But thank you so much for talking about E.L. James, because I had a problem with her in the first book. But read the second and the third. If you get through the first one and you don't throw it across the room, you know, just take it for what it is and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Or not. And learn from I mean, I would say... You know, take a good look at it and see what she did because it is an accomplishment. And it's not, sure I mean, for me, it wasn't a bad story at all. Um, I mean, once, again, I, I give in now. I know it's going to have an apt happy ending and I know it's going to follow this pattern. So I'm always amazed at the creativity with which the authors dress up that mannequin because it's the same form, just different clothing. Exactly. That's a beautiful way of putting it, Lori. Seriously, that is, that's great. Thank you for calling in, Francesca. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Francesca. Francesca. 
We have Lynn on the line who has a question about publishing. Lynn, you're back in bed. <laughs> I just I was too cold out of bed. Um, I I just wanted to add some thoughts and, and ask the editor about some of the publishing. Most of my phone sex money and story work is actually done, um, I guess, the opposite of Fifty Shades of Grey, where it's men who want to be sissified or otherwise submissive. Mm-hmm. And in my years of doing phone sex, and before that I was a sex worker, um, that was where all the money was. And I'm glad someone else, or, or you already mentioned the, the gay romance. Uh, I believe that gay men are also buying straight romances because they're so hungry for these stories. Um, I guess my question is, based on what I'm seeing and experiencing in, in decades of, of sex work and with actual clients, has anyone actually tried to put out stories or a genre of you know the dominant woman? I actually have... I wanted to do that at Ravenous. We just didn't have, because you really have to launch a line. You can't just do one book. Um, And I'd like to do that. So if anybody has stories or if they know people who are writing things, you know, please send them my way. It just needs to fall, it needs to be dressed up in this erotic romance pattern. And a lot of the material that comes in is not erotic romance. It's not to say that a story couldn't sell if it wasn't that way, but why not sell hundreds of thousands of copies instead of a hundred? And, and so that that's it. Just needs to be kind of reshaped to the market. And by that, it, are you also speaking to that it needs to be more? came down in a vanilla sense? No, and less, not at all. I mean, the, less the, graphic? The novels that I have published are... are uh, we, we started a lesbian line. Everybody said to us, you know, lesbian novels don't sell. And I said, actually, they do. They're just not erotic romances. So straight women want erotic... They want lesbian fantasies. They do not want, you know, just like, you know, lesbian sex scenes. They're not interested in that. They want a love story. So we, and this is what we did with our gay male line as well, we took hetero classics, set them in contemporary times, and basically rewrote them. So we did A Lesbian Gone with the Wind and A Lesbian Princess's Bride, and they did fabulously. And we rewrote the story of of O with a lesbian uh, couple in a BDSM club. There's a fisting scene in the first book, uh, in the first chapter. I mean, these, these are very, very intense sexual books, but they did really, really well. And that's what you have to do. To do a femdom line, it has to be erotic romance. So it really has to be that story of boy meets girl, boy and girl are crazy about each other, something tears them apart, and they figure out how to come back together and live happily ever after. And, and it can be done, but that's not usually how a femdom story works. Well, I find, too, that a lot of femdom stories that I've read, the plot and the the specifics of the submission tend to be much more geared toward what the submissive male's fantasy is. Right, and this, this, it can be, um, but it's really, the audience is really women. But I believe that there are uh, quite a lot of dominant women out there who don't even know that they're dominant women, and they need to see themselves reflected in these stories. And so much of romantic literature is submissive women, 
Although the dominant women are in the paranormal ro- romances. Those are the vampire slayers who, you know, kick the vampire's ass and then fall in love with him and save him and perhaps turn him into human as well. Now, I see possibilities there. Where you could please write, write something for me. Well, I'm just saying that, and I may. I actually may. Um, because even me, because I'm writing to a male audience most of the time, mm-hmm. My stories are really about him. A lot of times it's even first person. You felt this. You saw that. You mm-hmm. smelled this. So maybe if you wrote it from the woman's point of view, like how delightful it was when she realized that she could cuckold him, for example, mm-hmm. and how he would worship her. I mean, then it might actually be sellable. Mm-hmm. Do you think that makes sense? Absolutely from the woman's point of view. Or did cuckold just freak you out? <laughs> well, they don't th- I mean, there, there's uh, a ch- one of the... Ch- there are rules, and then rules can be broken. But one of the things that the, the more traditional romance community doesn't like is adultery. So, but, you know, cuckolding is with permission, so I don't know. I wouldn't start with that. That wouldn't be mm-hmm. one of yeah. the first episodes. Like, if it was a three-book series, I might make it the second book, um, because the first book should be them finding each other and finding their passion. I, 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 it makes sense. It makes sense. I, guess I hate to I'm break this about... up, you guys, but we have one more caller, and I'm afraid yeah. Ed is going to have to check out because he's got places he's got to go, people he's got to see. Ed, please tell us where we can find your books, where we can read about your musings. Um, uh, you can find me on um, on Amazon. You can find me on Smashwords. If you are uh, interested in ancient history, you can look up Stories from my first pseudonym, which was Abe Froman, uh, over at mcstories.com. The Sausage King of Chicago? That's the one. <laughs> nice. Um, and all those links are on uh, my blog and available through Twitter. Um, I would just want to give a special quick mention to uh, when you talk about inspired fiction uh, stories and scenes I've written, especially for Queen Kitty or up at Words for queenkitty.blogspot.com. And uh, again, just thanks so much for letting me be a part of this. I, uh, I've enjoyed reading. Thank you so uh, much for being with us, Ed. We really appreciate it, and we really loved your point of view. Thank you so much for being here. Thank thanks, you, Ed. Thank you. Have a great night, guys. Good night. Good night, Ed. And Lynn, thanks for calling. We really mm-hmm. appreciate it. I have one time for one more quick caller, and then we're going to have to wrap it up so that everybody can tell everybody where to get all their stuff. So thanks for calling, Lynn. Angela, you have a yeah, question? Hi. Hi. Um, I'm a writer myself, but my first book was on vaccines, and... I've been a lifestyle dominant before, intuitive dominant. My two major themes are um, that everyone does not want to be alone and they want to know that they're loved. When I've done readings, they want to know that I'm not alone and that I'm loved. And I try to incorporate that in my writings, Mm -hmm. be it sensual, erotic, or what have you. What areas of erotic, I just stumbled on your show, I'm going to listen to the archives, what areas of eroticism do you think are the most lucrative now? Because I definitely have some ideas. Well, erotic romance. Laura, yeah, you, you want to take that if one? If you follow the erotic romance trope and and 
write a novel, don't write a short story, although you can cut your teeth on short stories. Um, you know, actually, I'm lperkinsagency.com. I'm a literary agent. Get in touch with me, and I can even walk you through some of this. The four most popular categories in erotic romance now are BDSM, light, uh, male-male, uh, paranormal, and threesomes with two men and one woman. Can I base it on real stories? Like I, oh, I was absolutely. involved with a member of the Shaw's family. Sure. And there's oh, yeah, they have, has this entire line of books like, you know, The Virgin and the Shaw, The Virgin, you know. We actually did a gay version of that, The Secret, the, the Virgin Billionaire's Secret Baby, and that was a, a male-male. He, you know, so you could definitely base it on that. But mine's Absolutely. real. Mine's real. I mean, just just incredible stories that you would think would never happen, and they happen all the time. And I don't know. I, I'm writing a script for Showtime, or hoping, praying that they'll take it on sex cam workers, like the the stories that get involved. And again, it comes down to um, everyone wants to be loved, and no one wants to be alone. You know, from both yeah. sides of the computer screen. Mm-hmm. And I can't make this stuff up. It's just so freaking good. It's so damn good. And so that's awesome. So now you can get in touch with Lori when you have it all written down. I have part of it written down, and I'm still developing part of it. And it's just so good. And wow! I mean, are you guys going to do more of these podcasts? Or yeah, we I'm do really them every other week. Interested? Do you really? Mm-hmm. Awesome! Awesome! I'm going to have to definitely follow you. I I didn't know you guys had a podcast like this. This is cool. Well, I, I really like this. Well, well, that's awesome. Thanks for calling in, Angela. We really appreciate happy. the support. I really like this. And, and what was your name, the one that um, is the agent? What was your name again? Lori Perkins. I, I'm very excited. So Good. Terrific. Get in touch with me. Absolutely. Well, better than vaccines, I'll say that. So. Okay. Thanks so much for calling in, <laughs> <All> Angela. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye now. So, before we wrap it up, I want everybody to be able to get their two cents in. Irv, any final thoughts? Oh, it was uh, good to listen and, and chat. Um, and I hope people go to my blog. They can uh, Please, find yes. It. Where can we find all your work? Uh, Irv O'Neill, I-R-V-O-N-E-I-L, dot WordPress dot com. And uh, you can find links to my Amazon page where I sell my books my femdom stories, and I have other stories which I'm going to be putting up probably soon. And uh, leave me any comments about stories that you've enjoyed or haven't enjoyed, and uh, I always like feedback. And uh, it was good chatting, so thanks. So Thank you so much for being on the show, Irv. We really appreciate it. We'll get you back for another show, definitely. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. I love, I love your work, Irv. Yeah, great stuff, <laughs> Irv. Oh, thank you. Good thank stuff. Yeah. Thanks very much. I enjoyed yours as well. I was reading them all the last few days. So. Great. So thanks for calling in, Irv. Thank you for being on the show. And, Lewis, what about you? Uh, yeah, if you ever want to uh, find out what I'm up to, just come on over to pornoperson.com. It's all one word. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have some new, more new stories up pretty soon. So well, clearly your free. fans want you to do another book, so you better get yeah. on Yeah. I know. So maybe my fans need to inspire me with some uh, more real-life experiences. Now, I want to hear your books. Where are your books? On Amazon? 
uh, on Amazon. Actually, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can get them for free via Kindle, or they're overpriced if they're paperbacks, or you can get them for cheaper via Lulu or their links via my uh, website where you can get them for relatively inexpensive. And your website is? Pornoperson.com. Another good writer. Very good writer. Awesome. Thank writer. you, Han. Thank you, Lewis, so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show, Dr. Sue. I appreciate it. It was it was very fun. Awesome. Thanks, Lewis. Bye. Bye. Angela, enlighten Hi. us with where we can find all your wonderful words, which I have to tell you, I just I just love your writing. Thank you. Um <laughs> uh, basically there's linkage if you go to zenfetish.com to the boudoir that I used to write There's, it's like a archive I used to write for Sex Kitten uh, there's a link to Blistered Lips which is where I write the dirty stories I kind of keep them separate from the regular blog but there is a link there and I'm also hopefully coming out very new in the new year. I dress up boys. dot com and suck it for me. dot com. Awesome. <laughs> That's terrific. So, yeah. So, so you got more of Angela coming up in the new year. I got year. lots more coming up. That is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Angela, so much for coming on the show. I know that it was a little bit of a hurdle for you, so thank you so much for doing yeah. that for me. I'm on my third glass of wine, so. <laughs> You did just fine. Okay, thanks for having me. Bye, Angela. Bye, sweetheart. Lori, tell me. Tell us where we can find the great well, and powerful Lori Perkins. As a literary agent, you can find me at lperkins.com. As a publisher, you can find me at riverdaleavenuebooks.com. We launch at the end of November. As an author, you can find me on Amazon, 50 Writers on 50 Shades of Grey, and I also host a monthly reading erotic romance reading series at Happy Endings Lounge in the East Village, um, the first Friday of every month. And so we're always looking for writers to read as well. It's a fabulous uh, opportunity for readers and writers to get together. And it's the first Friday of every month at Happy Endings in the East Village. That's awesome. So if you're in the East Village or you're kicking around out there, definitely jump in and go see Lori and do some reading. Do some reading for, for like, it's like an open mic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no. They let us know what they're reading ahead of time. Oh, okay. We, we promote people. Um, but erotic romance writers don't get a lot of literary attention, so we give them a forum, and it's lovely. That's awesome. That's terrific. Well, thank you so much again, Lori, for being here. I really appreciate it. And thank you. And definitely hit up the book, you guys. Thanks, Lori. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Bye. So, everybody, we are going to wrap this up because it, we did go way, way over. I told you we were going to go over. Yeah. Told you guys. Anyways, our next show is November the 27th. We'll be talking with our friend Gilbert, who is probably one of the most clever guys that I know when it comes to taking everyday objects and turning them into BDSM toys and torture devices. So I don't know if any of you guys have ever created anything on your own, ever modified some sort of fantastical toy for the bedroom. We want to hear about it. November the 27th. And don't forget, this Thursday in two days, 
I'll be on the Entune show with the spectacular Ms. P answering your questions on sex, love, relationships, and what the hell, life, right here on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank all my guests. Thank you, Irv. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Lewis. Thank you, Angela. I expect all of you to head to their websites, buy those books, support these writers. That's what you're here to do. Support the community. Get over to Amazon and start buying stuff up for these people because they are very, very talented, and you should all be glad that they're out there doing this. Thank you to my wonderful, fabulous, terrific co-host, Joe, without whom I could not have done this show, quite honestly, because oh, there was a lot going on. There was. It was had, there was, was a lot going on, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even keep poor Ed. Was, poor Ed's going, I have to go. So I'm very sorry to Ed for we should have got him out of here quicker than that. That was my fault. I kind of let everybody go. But I want everybody to have a voice that's just me. So, and really, honestly, happy Thanksgiving to everybody since we won't be seeing you until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> So there's your turkey noise. You can have here, have another one. <laughs> so there you go. You guys have a good, wonderful, fabulous turkey day and get totally stuffed on turkey and go out for Black Friday and spend like maniacs, preferably not your own money, always spend someone else's. And when we leave, I'm going to leave you all with these sexy, sultry tones of Mr. C.R. Bundy. C.R. Bundy, the very talented brother of Miss P from the End Tune Show. He also created our Whip Untro. This tune is called Lust for Life featuring Joey Brown Eyes. Again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We really do appreciate it. Have a fabulous two weeks till we see you again. Thinking that it's voodoo 
all a potion number nine. God damn it's hard of mine. Used to think I had backbone, you kinda wrap my spine. And your spell I fell under. Used to have my guard up, but you doing COVID numbers. Just call it Dundee, cause your boy going under. I'm just a street rat trying to get in your cave of wonders. The wonders are going on that magic carpet ride. You just bring your heart and your smile, the rest I provide. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.